0: Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, few people are as revered in the history of our country like inventors. Of course, not everyone can be the next Wright Brothers or Thomas Edison, but they all deserve the same protection for their creations because you never know. Also this morning, next month, Findlay's Family Resource Center will bring all of their adult and youth services to a single location, a move they say will not only save money, but also lead to a higher quality of care and better outcomes. We'll learn more. And we have fresh new tech ideas for your home this spring from digital lifestyle expert Mario Armstrong. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, April 18, 2023. You know, it used to be that uh, tax deadline day was March uh, 15th. I mean, decades ago, um, and I think it was like in the 1930s or something, 30s or 40s, they changed it to April. But uh, back then, it was much more common for people to owe money than the big refunds that many people get today. And so because more people owed money back then, it was much more common to owe money. They moved it back uh, by a month, give people more time to come up with the money to pay. And, of course, because it seemed very cruel to take everybody's green stuff away right before St. Patrick's Day. So they moved <laughs> it back to uh, uh, April 15th. But no, true story. It used to be uh, March uh, 15th. was the, Of course, uh, we got a few days extra this year because of... The fact that the fifteenth fell on a weekend, and then yesterday was Emancipation Day, which is a legal holiday in Washington D.C., so they pushed it back another day. So today, then, is the uh, is the deadline day. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe we need to make just uh, every day a uh, national holiday in D.C., and then <laughs> we'd never have to pay. We'd they'd, they'd delay it indefinitely. Um, that would actually probably be a benefit uh, in any number of ways if uh, no work were to get done in Washington D.C. ever. So that would, I mean, if you really think about it, but uh, in any event. <clears throat> so here we are. By the way, uh, this is speaking of your taxes. I thought this was kind of interesting. Did you know that you can actually, if you owe, you can pay your tax bill in cash. Now, you can pay it online uh, when you when you file. If you e-file, and I think most people e-file now, uh, very few people actually physically mail their forms in. You think of how much money the post office lost on just tax returns um, with everybody e-filing now. I mean, you do the math. It's millions and millions of dollars in postage fees to mail in tax forms that that the post office doesn't get anymore with uh, e-filing, but I digress. So uh, if you e-file and you owe money you can pay it online Uh, of course you can mail a check or or a money order in uh which is what people did for years and years and years but it is possible actually to pay your taxes in cash uh for the six million households who are not connected to the formal banking system who do not have a regular banking uh bank account the unbanked um it's an unconventional option but it is possible the instructions on the IRS website say to schedule an in-person appointment 30 to 60 days in advance of the day you want to pay. So, if you haven't done that already, then it's it's too late. Um, but, uh, let's see here. Appointments usually last one to two hours, depending on how much cash you bring. The website does say that cash taxpayers should use the highest denominations possible. So... <laughs> if you, so if you think you're going to walk into the tax office with a wheelbarrow full of pennies, no, they're going to turn you away. Um, but the IRS suggests that if you do not have a regular bank account, you can use prepaid debit cards. Um, Walmart sells a reloadable basic debit card for about a dollar. Uh, the IRS has also partnered with CVS, Walgreens, and 7-Eleven stores to accept cash on its behalf. So you can go into one of those stores and actually pay your tax bill in cash. So it is possible uh, to do that. if you. By the way, originating the uh, program from the home studio this morning, because after I paid my taxes, I can no longer afford to drive into work. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're here in the... Uh, in the no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's cold, uh, and I don't want to leave my house, so... So we have, uh, it has come to this now, a teacher in Great Britain claims that she was left humiliated after being made to apologize to to the pupils at a private girls' school for calling them girls. (laughs) This is what it's come to now. This is a private all-girls school, and the teacher called them girls. She had to apologize for that. According to uh, Britain's Telegraph newspaper, students at the exclusive private school complained and said not everyone in the class identified as female, which raises the question, they don't identify as, as female. Should they really be attending an all-girls school? Um, so one pupil challenged the woman to acknowledge... Their pronouns, the philosophy and religious education teacher was forced to say she was sorry after saying good afternoon, girls, at the start of the day's lesson. Students wrote all their names and pronouns on the board uh, with one of the children using the pronouns they slash them. Students also held a lunchtime protest after the teacher refused to acknowledge their request on pronoun usage and said she would need to involve parents if a pupil's preferred pronouns differed from their biological sex so this is what has come to students at an all-girls school can no longer be called girls so uh, is it does that mean that it is a private all them school or all they that i don't know how do you do that i mean what? anyway open up this whole can of worms it's, Uh, What else is uh, going on? Here is uh, today's story that we have to be uh, worried about because every day, you know, there's something that we have to be worried about or fearful of. It seems that according to a new study out of the UK, actually, it's a joint study out of the UK and Portugal, dogs and cats may be passing superbugs to their loving owners. This uh, research team examined... Uh, samples from pets and owners and found that pets could pass on antibiotic-resistant bacteria like E. coli and strains linked to pneumonia, but back, uh, antibiotic-resistant bacteria. The study involved 38 dogs, 5 cats, and 78 humans, and uh, the animals who were found to suffer from these conditions were treated. They didn't let the you know animals die or anything like that. They treated the animals. But what can you do to stay safe? Uh, owners can reduce the spread of uh, multi-drug-resistant dog bacteria by practicing good hygiene, including washing their hands after uh, collecting their dog's uh, or cat's waste, after uh, doing pooper scooper duty in the yard or what have you, even after petting your animals. So wash your hands thoroughly. Uh, so that's what we're worried about. Our dogs and our cats are killing us. That really surprises me. Dogs, that really surprises me. Cats, not so much. I'm not surprised that cats are maybe killing us. We've always suspected that, haven't we? (laughs) Uh, This was kind of interesting. Among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Uh, You know that uh, the population in this country has been on the decline Um. Birth rates have been plummeting, and not just in this country, but but many countries around the world. And now the World Health Organization uh, says it may not just be a matter of choice. I mean, there's been a lot of uh, research into why people are waiting longer to start families or not having kids uh, the way previous generations uh, were, but it may not, as it turns out, be by choice entirely. Uh, One in six adults, according to the World Health Organization, one in six adults worldwide are affected by infertility. Uh, This works out to be 17.5% of the global population. They uh, say that things are so bad, they are calling for an urgent need to increase access to affordable, high-quality fertility care. The report, according to a press release, reveals an important truth, that infertility does not discriminate. The sheer proportion of people affected show the need to widen access to fertility care and ensure that this issue is no longer sidelined in health research and policy. So it's just, its it may not be by choice, uh, the declining population. Some of it may be medically related, kind of interesting. And finally, among the first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This actually, uh, I heard about uh, yesterday, and I don't know, you might have seen this story. A mountain climber in Spain emerged on Friday after 500 days in isolation. Beatriz Flamini, she's 50-year-old mountain climber slash adventurer in Spain, entered a cave... On November 21st, 2021, and she has been there ever since until Friday. Now, she did come out for about a week uh, because I guess there was some sort of technical problem in her contact with her. Yeah, she wasn't completely cut off. She could contact the outside if she needed help. But for the most part, she was completely cut off from the outside world for 500 days. And she said it was a great experience. I mean, when she came out of the, think of all of the things that she missed. When she came out of the cave, she was completely unaware that Russia had invaded Ukraine. Um, there are a number of other global events, but that was one of the big ones. She had no idea that there was this whole war between Russia and Ukraine, among other things. She says she stopped counting how long she was in the cave after about 60 days. She just stopped counting. In fact, she said she didn't really want to come out. When she did emerge from her cave on Friday, she immediately asked, who's buying the beer? <laughs> uh, I, that would be my first question, I think. There, there you go. I just can't imagine. But uh, if you've been living in a cave... You've got to come out today because you've got to pay your taxes. So there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. Becoming partly sunny today. A high in the low 50s. Mostly clear tonight. A low in the low 30s. The Ohio Department of Transportation is joining other departments of transportation across the country to mark National Work Zone Awareness Week. ODOT's Matt Bruning says the week is set aside each year to remind drivers of the need to pay extra attention in work zones to keep both themselves and workers safe. The key message here is, you know, these are men and women who have families at home they want to go home to every day at the end of their work day just like all of us do. All they ask while they work to keep you safe on the road is that you keep them safe by moving over and slowing down and paying attention when they're out there. He says Wednesday is Go Orange Day, and the public's encouraged to wear orange to show awareness for work zone safety and support for road workers. The University of Finley hosted a naturalization ceremony welcoming about 60 new citizens to the United States. Liberty Benton High School senior R.J. Cauldron, whose great grandmother came to America after World War II, spoke about the responsibilities of citizenship.
0: As the founding fathers had put it, all of us are subject to what they had called unalienable rights. These are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is the triad that the country is based on, the three pillars that uphold the standards of freedom. And justice that all citizens live by.
1: For more than a decade now, the University of Findlay has hosted a diverse group of immigrants as they take that last step towards becoming American citizens. See pictures and video on our website. An update on Ohio's current situation when it comes to the state's abortion laws.
2: In June of 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to an abortion. Decisions on reproductive rights fall to state lawmakers. Right now, there's a legal battle over Ohio's heartbeat law. At this point, abortions in Ohio can continue through 20 weeks of pregnancy. At the same time, signatures are being collected to place the issue on the fall ballot. I'm Tracy Townsend.
1: Flag City Honor Flight is holding its first flight of the 2023 flight season today, flying about 85 veterans to Washington, D.C. to see the war memorials built in their honor. This is the first of four flights that Flag City Honor Flight will be holding this year. Remember, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. You know, there is nothing that a person can do in their
0: lifetime that would equal the accomplishment and notoriety of inventing something. We revere the great inventors throughout history that have left an indelible mark on humankind. From Thomas Edison, to Alexander Graham Bell, to the Wright brothers, and even Steve Jobs as a more recent example. But not every invention leads to fame and fortune. For every invention that changes the world, there are several that uh, do not. Uh, Randy Landrino is president of the inventor's rights Advocacy, advocacy group, U.S. Inventor. And you have a list of some of your favorite uh, some of the most bizarre inventions that were actually patented in the U.S.
3: Yes, you know, it's interesting. You know, you can, just because you get a patent on something doesn't mean it's going to be a big seller that everybody wants. Right. right. That's, of course, what you want to invent. But uh, I got to tell you, most inventions, the vast majority of patented inventions really aren't that valuable, um, even though they might be pretty interesting. What One one that is on the list is called the beer brella. Now, now this actually has some value. Um, I kind of think it could sell if they marketed it right. Imagine a a little umbrella that sits on top of your beer. So you're at the beach and it, it's uh, in the shade all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. I think that's – I actually am surprised that that has not caught on. I'm like you. I think maybe it's a marketing issue more than a, uh, a bad invention. But then there are uh, a couple that really stood out to you uh, that probably are not necessarily – good inventions just because they're patented doesn't mean that they're good
3: well what one is the uh, anti-eating face mask Th- this is like this mask that goes over your face and you can't take it off and it keeps you from eating well <laughs> well that's pretty workable except uh Uh, I don't think people are going to voluntarily buy this thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Speaking of food, I thought these were uh, kind of interesting. The motorized ice cream cone. What is this? Well, you know, now now here's another one that, uh, you know, I I live in
3: Florida, and in the middle of the summer, you buy an ice cream cone, and that thing is just melting so fast, and it's hard to really keep it from dripping all over your hand. All right. So imagine you put this cone into a device you're holding in your hand. you hit a button and it spins it automatically so you you just put your tongue out and you're like catching all the drips like it it's it actually kind of it's pretty interesting right. now um you know, but it's one of these things that, well, what's, what's the cost of it going to be? And how often are you going to use it? And I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, it never took off. <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't know. I mean, that to me is uh, part of the fun of an ice cream cone uh, is that, yeah, I can see that it's uh, very practical, <laughs> but it kind of eliminates some of the, the fun of it. And uh, uh, again, on the uh, food category, the electrified tablecloth.
3: Yeah. So like you're on a picnic and you know how ants always show up. And But what if, if, you're, if your tablecloth is electrified, then... <laughs> <laughs> it keeps the insects away and, and you know the next one is the wildest one are you familiar with the uh the apparatus to facilitate the birth of a child by centrifugal force are by, you familiar with this one yeah
0: I, I i saw this uh on the list and i'm thinking what in the world is this all about and who would go for this
3: i think uh there's some serious problems so imagine imagine uh, you have this chair and it's kind of it allows a woman to kind of incline kind of like a uh, like a comfortable chair and this thing spins. Now, of course, the spinning motion would, would assist, uh, apparently according to the patent, it would assist the woman actually giving birth. Now, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of like a. I, I mean, maybe this was a joke because it's kind of like a net set up to
0: kind of catch the baby. <laughs> so, so. <laughs> you give you, you give birth to a very dizzy baby. I I would I would have to think there would be I would have to think that there would be medical considerations uh, for this and that actually uh, kind of brings up uh, really uh, one of the the myths as we were mentioning not only. Uh, just because something is patented that doesn't necessarily mean that it is a good invention or there's any sort of market for it but uh, clearly uh, it may or may not even be safe
3: yeah well you see that here's the thing that most people don't realize you know we we think of like you said inventors are highly revered in our history they've done so many great things america is known as the place where the great inventors have been And you know it's hard to think of, of a great invention a great new technology that didn't start in America. It's really hard to, to think of one. And it's because we are the place where invention became the thing. And what it all went back to was in during the founding of our country, all the way back in 1790, uh, the Patent Act of 1790, at the very beginning of the country, our founders th- decided to do something totally revolutionary, uh, totally opposed to what the rest of the world did. The rest of the world, in the rest of the world, uh, aristocracies ran everything. So if you were a friend of a king, you might get the exclusive right to, say, run a port or something. And that was actually called a patent, amazingly. Well, our founders said, you know what? In America, if you if you come up with something that's brand new, never been done before, you can mm-hmm. own it, yeah. whoever you are. And this was fabulous. And this created this incentive to invent that, that suddenly helped America become a world par- power quickly. Uh, ev- the rest of the world took great notice of it, and they started to change their systems as well. But we actually had to lead— and, um, you know, it, it was, it was fabulous and it helped this country tremendously. It kept us very secure too. When you're out innovating your adversaries, yeah. you're pretty darn secure. Um, and, and now though, what has happened amazingly, and this is kind of under most people's, just about everybody's radar. I'm sure your listeners are, are not, are going to be shocked at what I'm about to say. Um, big tech. Well, first of all, I say big tech, but prior to big tech, any, in any industry where there was a hot new technology that suddenly came out, and A new industry built around it. Um, you always had a lot of lawsuits for patent infringement, and you had large corporations going to the Congress trying to look weaken our patent system. This goes back as far as 1850. Every new technology, whether it was um, you know telephone, you know telegraph, telephone, uh, locomotive, automobile, all the way up to now, we have high tech cell phones and all that. The thing was, though, big tech uh, had had way more ability to push a message to 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 push a narrative a false narrative in congress and to lobby and to get things out on the airwaves that get everybody aware or, or at least in, in in the case of congress to 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 make it look like this was a problem that needed to be solved and the problem was frivolous frivolous patent litigation and what they ended up doing was passing a law that that has now made it close to impossible to stop a large entity from simply taking something very valuable that you have invented and patented. And it's not just this. There are also a couple of bad Supreme Court decisions, but this is one of the key things. Used to be, prior to this law, your patent infringement battle would take place in a real court where you have a real judge, you have a jury, you have a lot of due process, and Mm -hmm. it was fair. What this law created was an administrative court where there's no jury, where there's no real judge, where there's very little due process. And 84% of the time... The pa- a patent that goes through that entire process to a final written decision gets invalidated.
0: Is there uh, an example of something that you could cite that people would know that oh, has yeah. been co opted, you know, technology or, or something that has been co opted that was invented by an, a, a, an individual who was not able to uh, profit from it or uh, benefit from oh, it? Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. A good example, it used to be. If you needed to have a heart valve, your heart valve replaced, they had to do open heart surgery, they had to stop your heart, mm-hmm. and even those who did have the surgery, 20% of them died from the surgery. A doctor in Oklahoma, his name is Dr. Troy Norid, he had this wild idea, a uh, heart surgeon, uh, of a way to possibly do it in a non-invasive manner, and everyone thought he was crazy. So he he spent unbelievable amounts of time, and he ended up coming up with this solution that is now what is done in the world. It's a multi-billion dollar industry saving millions of lives. It's where they take a special valve, they, they, they compress it into a catheter, they feed it up through an artery in your leg, uh, in your thigh, up to your beating heart, and and place it there, and you go home the next day. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. And this is fabulous. And of course, the doctor who, who invented it, um, got a patent on it. And a startup was working with this technology, and they said, Well, we can't pay you anything because we're a startup. We don't have any money. He said, He kind of let it slide, but then they, they got bought out by a big company called Medtronics. Medtronics paid $750 million for this startup for this technology, and they used this new administrative court to invalidate his patent.
0: So, how do we change that? I mean, clearly that that's wrong. Again, even if most of us aren't inventors, I think we can all see the inherent unfairness of this. So, what can be oh. done?
3: Well, <clears throat> there is a bill <clears throat> that we're expecting to have introduced in the House of Representatives um, that will fix the problem, and it'll it'll handle this this particular issue I just mentioned, as well as some bad Supreme Court decisions that have also hurt us. And it's it is absolutely critical that we get enough support in the House of Representatives to get it passed. And then in the Senate, we have to do the same thing and get it passed in both places. But we have a lot of momentum now, because, partly because China is becoming a bigger and bigger threat because of what we have done to our innovators here. And secondly, big tech, the only way to have competition for big tech is to allow startups to have their patent rights. (laughs) So you can actually help us by going to our our website, usinventor.org, and signing our inventor rights resolution. You can be part of this effort to turn America back to what it used to be. And this is we're, we're really talking about the American dream. Yeah. So I want to encourage you go to usinventor.org and sign our inventor rights resolution.
0: Protecting the the rights of uh, today's inventors and future inventors and really the future of America. Randy uh, Landrineau, again, president of the inventors rights advocacy group, us inventor. Randy, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. So next month, uh, Findlay's Family Resource Center has announced that they will be bringing all of their adult and youth services to a single location. It is a move that they say will not only save money, but also lead to a higher quality of care and better outcomes. And Family Resource Center CEO John Bendis is with us this morning with uh, more details. Uh, first of all, John, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. I uh, want to make sure that we clarify here because I know that there has been uh, some confusion, maybe understandably so. Uh, this is not to be confused with the Family Center. The Family Resource Center is a, a separate entity, right? That is correct.
4: That is correct.
0: And uh, how, talk a little bit about first before we talk about this new structure where you're bringing everything uh, under one umbrella, or in one location. Talk a little bit about how you are operating now and how this will be substantially different.
4: Yeah, certainly. We yeah well, currently we're providing our treatment, uh, our medical and recovery and prevention services out of multiple buildings here in Hancock County. Um, I, when I came to the organization in 2016, uh, we were operating children's, uh, services out of 1941 Carlin. And then within a couple of years, uh, we consolidated our services and took, took on the lines of business of Century Health here in the community, mm-hmm. which, which brought adult services Under our umbrella. And now we're providing, currently we're providing services for adults out of two different locations, one at uh, 1918 North Main and one at 2515 North Main. So we're looking really, we're excited about the idea of having everything under one roof. Uh, We've completely redeveloped the uh, facility, and we're looking forward to have a wonderful place for our clients.
0: So, obviously, the benefits in only having one location instead of multiple locations from a fiscal standpoint is pretty obvious. But you also talk about the fact that you anticipate this will lead to better outcomes. How so?
4: Oh, Definitely. So we've renovated the facility, and we, we're we going to have on-site medical services, including a pharmacy, so the clients will be able to utilize the pharmacy at that space. We've added state-of-the-art telehealth spaces that are built in, and the entire facility is a single-level facility, so we don't have stairs ramps or elevators, which some of these older facilities have. Uh, we're also very excited about being able to serve the family as a whole at one location. So if a family comes in and an adult member and a child needs services, they can do that at the same time.
0: Well, and, and that was one of the uh, questions that immediately popped into my mind. Are, are there any concerns? I mean, you're dealing with, uh, admittedly, some very sensitive uh, topics and issues uh, for both adults and youth. Are there any concerns concerns about having uh individuals of all ages sort of in in close proximity i guess in the back of my mind i was thinking is there a reason why these services were separated in the first place
4: uh you know the only reason they were separated was it was two different entities yeah and and now that no longer exists at our other locations uh, across the state of Ohio, we have we have those combined. Uh, so, like we will here soon at
0: 1941 yeah, Carlin. So um, that is uh, certainly a, a good point that uh, the Family Resource Center in Findlay is just one of many locations, actually, for FRC. And so you actually have the the data that tells you that this is going to be a benefit for the clients you serve because it's how you serve uh, individuals and in other communities.
4: That is correct. We, we plan on serving over 4,000 clients this next year out of this facility. And that's about 65,000 appointments. And to have it all in one location and be able to, uh, service the entire family, it also increases the communication if needed between the different, um, the different clinicians or or nurses that need to talk about a certain client and work with them. So we're all in one location, and we you, you you're just in a much better uh, uh, you just have a much better opportunity of serving the family as a whole and the client as a whole in one location.
0: This has been maybe uh, kind of digging into the into the weeds a little bit here on this, but this has been in the works for quite some time. I guess about a year, right, or more.
4: Oh, it's yeah. Actually, uh, we started this in 2018. So it's been wow. five years. Yeah. Uh, we, we worked with the Adamus board here in Hancock County and we applied for a grant with the Ohio department of mental health and addiction services. And that took a while to get. And then when we got it, um, a lot of stuff had changed. Like I said, we had uh, picked up different lines of businesses, uh, uh, in regards to behavioral health and different facilities. And we didn't know exactly what we were going to do with it. Eventually, uh, we, we got to a point where we felt we could get it all into this facility, which is about 12,000 square foot. And, um, we went ahead and completed the paperwork for the, for the full application. We received the opportunity to use, utilize that money. And at the same time, we were awarded a community uh, development block grant. Uh, I believe it was COVID, some COVID money that had come through, and we were able to utilize that as well. So that those two sources combined with our own funding yeah. have put us in a situation where we're able to do
0: this. And you mentioned the number of clients uh, that that you serve and the number of appointments, and obviously it's been well documented uh, the need that has arisen uh, out of the pandemic, uh, which obviously is another thing that kind of threw a monkey wrench in, in all of this. But uh, it, it's been well documented uh, that the need is growing. Is this a- a, a, a location that allows you the opportunity for growth in the future, continued growth in the future?
4: Uh, in its current state, it does not. It uh, was one of the largest buildings, like I had said, a uh, single level that we could utilize uh, for us to expand from here, we'd have to probably acquire more property.
1: Hmm. Uh,
0: so, but this is exciting for the here and now, obviously. And and I know that that your staff and and clients have been hearing about this for quite some time. But give us kind of the the lowdown on the on the process, the timeline on this. When are you moving, and what will that look like?
4: We are going to be moving in on the fifteenth of May. So uh, our facility will be actively uh, in use on the 15th of May.
0: And I, I understand and I, I know that not all of the uh, details have been hammered out yet, but you're going to have uh, an open house and be inviting people in to see what it is, uh, get a better idea of what it is that you do and the, and the services that you provide. Because uh, for, again, for all of the attention that was paid to this uh, during the pandemic and all of the increased awareness, there's still, uh, I would imagine, uh, some, I don't want to say mystery, but I guess for lack of a better term, some uh, mystery or, or uh, lack of understanding lack of knowledge about what it is that you do.
4: That is correct. We're going to have an open house. We're still uh, settling on a date. Uh, I believe we'll have that very soon Uh, and we will be informing the public of that when we when we
0: have that. We look forward to the uh, grand opening and, again, the uh, increased efficiency uh, for uh, not only your organization but for the clients that you serve that will come about uh, because of it. The uh, Family Resource Center bringing all of their adult and youth services to a single location in the next month. Again, FRC CEO John Bendis with us this morning to uh, talk more about it. We've got a link up on our webpage for more details as well. John, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you for having me, Chris. Have a wonderful day. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: A candy company in Canada has a bit of a a problem. They're in a bit of a quandary. Uh, The owner, uh, Crystal Westergaard, the founder of uh, Nostalgia Candy. Okay. It says Nostalgia Candy. Vintage Candy Company, they, they specialize in, you know, those old time candies that if you go to Cracker Barrel, you know, they have all of those old time candies that uh, used to be real popular and today are hard to find. Anyway, so uh, Crystal Westergaard is the owner of this vintage candy uh, candy company in uh, Canada, and I'm not sure exactly where in Canada it is. Uh, so back due to the uh, during the pandemic, she ordered a she placed a huge order for candy for her store. Uh, and generally, when she does that, she says they, they ship those, you know, gradually, she gets the order over time, a little bit at a time. But because of supply chain issues backlogging the order, she, she ended up with 130,000 rum and butter candy bars. Uh, all at once. (laughs) She couldn't get any, and then she got the entire order all at once. And the problem is uh, that now she has to get rid of them before they expire in June. (laughs) They're going to expire. She can no longer sell them after June. She's got to unload 130,000 candy bars that she ordered in bulk uh, instead of getting them in a little bit at a time. She says, people are buying the candy, but not at a fast enough pace. So to try and get rid of all of the candy before it expires, she has been giving away the chocolates to schools so they can sell them as fundraisers uh, to local homeless shelters. Um, Even the local professional hockey team has received a donation. (laughs) (laughs) After posting about her dilemma, On Facebook, her inbox is now full. She plans to continue giving away chocolate to support charities, though. So, yes, uh, it all has a happy ending. Uh, Some folks are going to get a nice charitable donation there. But (laughs) for Crystal, um, she's hoping it doesn't happen again. I don't know how many times she could absorb that. Uh, Elsewhere in the broken news... Police in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, are commending a pizza delivery driver for helping them capture a fugitive suspect over the weekend. So here's the story. Officers were involved in a car chase involving a stolen vehicle near Philadelphia that ended after the car struck a pole outside a home where the delivery driver was about to drop off a pizza. (laughs) So... little excitement while he was going to deliver the pizza pie the suspect got out of the car and started running in the direction of the pizza delivery driver Uh, and of course his hands were full because he had his pizza that he was delivering so (laughs) the delivery guy uh, stuck out his leg and tripped the guy which allowed police to catch up with him and place him under arrest. Tyler, the pizza delivery driver, Tyler is his name, claims that he didn't do anything special. He was just happy to help. (laughs) But he got a big old kudos from the cops for tripping the... (laughs) And I would imagine the thief uh, has a story to tell. His uh, cellmate's in jail (laughs) You're not going to believe how I got caught. You're just not going to (laughs) believe. Elsewhere in the broken news, a man vacationing in Florida uh, from Colorado is facing charges after being caught getting a different kind of high at a local air show. You can probably guess where this story is going, right? Uh, the Monroe County Sheriff's Office was advised that Delmer Grant was uh, smoking something, smoking a little bit of wacky weed at the, uh, at the Key West Air Show. Uh, the marijuana actually found to be laced with fentanyl as well. Police say they found pot and uh, drug paraphernalia in his car. Uh, he was placed under arrest. That's not the kind of high... That you want at an air show, especially an air show being held at the local naval air station. (laughs) They don't take too kindly to that sort of thing. A military base. I mean, in Key West, you got to think that maybe they're a little lax with respect to uh, marijuana. But but not on the naval air station base. That's, yeah, not a good, not a good idea. Uh, let's see here. Speaking of people doing dumb things, this is not necessarily criminal, but dumb nonetheless. Someone in Massachusetts apparently did not get the memo about no parking beyond this sign. So, in uh, Massachusetts, the uh, Duxbury Police Department shares a photo of a car partially submerged... Uh, After someone parked it on the beach beyond the sign that says no parking beyond this sign. Now there's a reason that the sign is there. Because when the tide came in, (laughs) the car got washed away. Or at least ended up, it didn't get washed away. It ended up underwater because of the high tide. There's a reason they put that sign there, no parking beyond this sign. Apparently, someone... Uh, thought it was uh, just a suggestion the uh, police department reminds everyone it's not a good idea to park where you're not supposed to we are aware of the vehicle at the west end of the beach and the police say it will be removed when the tide goes out (laughs) luckily nobody was hurt but uh it'll be removed when the tide goes out Uh, this is odd. Uh, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department is looking for suspects after a gas station mini mart in Compton was ransacked by a mob. The local Arco station was badly damaged and robbed of thousands of dollars in merchandise. I don't mean to to chuckle here, but I just thought it was uh, kind of kind of humorous. Um, video security video shows about a hundred people swarming the store. Uh, police say they stole thousands of dollars worth of snacks, alcohol, and condoms. <laughs> so the suspects are still on the loose, uh, but, uh, police there are raiding every party. <laughs> Somebody's having a party. We need to raid every party in the neighborhood. <laughs> Somebody's having a party. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, what a story this is. Apparently... In, uh, in Missouri, at an animal sanctuary, a bird sanctuary in Missouri, in recent weeks, a bald eagle uh, by the name of Murphy has been taking good care of a rock. So much so that he's been sitting on it, waiting, waiting for it to hatch. <laughs> he's been trying to incubate a rock. Uh, as a matter of fact, and he's uh, been very protective uh, of this rock. Uh, whenever keepers try to get anywhere close to the eagle, um, you know he gets aggressive. They said separating Murphy from his rock would lead to heartbreak. so when a recently orphaned eagle needed a dad, Murphy stepped in to help um, to help nurture this uh, new eaglet. Uh, this is the World Bird Sanctuary in Valley Park uh, in St. Louis County, Missouri. Although it might make you feel sad that Murphy has built a nest and is nurturing a rock as an egg, it's just his hormonal response to spring, according to experts at the sanctuary. Murphy's not sad. He's not injured. So you don't need to be sad for him. Um, (laughs) Murphy's not in distress. He's not lonely. Uh, He's just, you know, this is what they do. He's... Thinking that the rock is an egg. By the way, Murphy is a permanent resident at the bird sanctuary. Uh, he was uh, he had a permanent wing injury and is not able to fly, so uh, he will remain under sanctuary care for the rest of his life. So, but he's uh, perfectly happy. He's just incubating an egg and a rock uh, as an egg. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report and update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: This is Ed Lentz with OSU Extension. It's planning season. Drivers will be sharing roads with tractors and farm machinery. Be alert for slow moving vehicles, especially on roads with limited visibility. Watch out for equipment pulling in and out of fields. Drivers and farmers, let's work together this spring to keep our roads safe and accident-free.
4: This message from WFIN and
0: 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. About one-third of Americans forget their leftovers as soon as they're out of sight. This is a new survey uh, commissioned by HelloFresh, the food delivery company. They uh, spoke with 2,000 U.S. adults in this survey about the groceries they buy and the food that they waste. Uh, the average household, what they found, the average household spends $248 a week on groceries. And 10% of families spend upwards of $500 a week. And of that, on average, $63 worth of, of food ends up getting thrown out. Now, you do the math, uh, that adds up to $3,000 worth of wasted food a year. One quarter of people say that they deliberately make more, prepare more food than they will use at mealtime. 83% 83 say they do so with the intention of having leftovers later. But 70% of those respondents throw away unused food because it goes bad before it's used and the number one culprit 35% say they simply forget about it 23% (laughs) are not interested in leftovers so we make all of this extra food with the intention of having leftovers but one in four of us say we're not even interested in leftovers so what can be done about reducing food waste they say first of all create a meal plan Use leftovers creatively. Don't just reheat something and and have another helping of something that you had a couple of days ago. Get creative here. And don't forget composting. You can always compost that food rather than just throwing it out. So once again this week, we are highlighting ways of getting ourselves all ready for the spring season. And joining us this morning with a spring technology refresh is digital lifestyle expert Mario Armstrong. Mario, thanks very much for joining us. Happy spring, first of all.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Same to you, buddy. So, I've been waiting for this moment. I, I wanted know. the warm weather, man. I'm, I've been waiting
0: for I it. I know. Uh, it's been a long time coming. It's taken its uh, yeah. own sweet time in getting here. But now that it is here, we've got some ideas uh, here. You've got some ideas. Let's start with home entertainment. Yeah, home entertainment's
2: always a big category. So when I start thinking about the spring and spring cleaning, and people are asking me, Mario, what's like the great TV? What should I do for entertainment at home? So the, 60, the, the Roku has come out with their new 65-inch Roku Plus series TV. Now, this is a big deal because Roku has made this television, whereas before you may have used their remote or you may have used their, um, their set-top box to plug into your existing TV. This is them making that TV, which is important because they are the streaming experts. So they've made a TV that's got super fast performance, quality, stunning picture, Uh, enhanced features like Bluetooth private listening, meaning that you can listen in private while your spouse or a partner is reading their book beside you and not bother them. Or if you have hearing aids, your Bluetooth can connect to your hearing aids to help you hear the TV better. (laughs) Um, And it's got the Roku Voice Remote Pro, which is great. And they got a ton of content, free as well as premium content. And then they got TV shows, movies, live sporting events. You can even pull up photos of your family and friends on the TV if you want to.
0: There you go. Uh, so we got that covered. This is also a big time for taking control of our finances. You know, we're coming up on uh, tax season and all of yeah, that. We're yeah. thinking, yeah, we're thinking uh, finances uh, right now. You've got a couple of ways we can take better control of our money.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right, Chris. Because I'm thinking, what do they owe me? And am I getting every cent that I'm owed? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not thinking, like, you know, I want my money. <laughs> so. Uh, There are a couple of things, though, that do happen when we start thinking about spring uh, cleaning and spring season, and part of that is our finance. So I want to give us a couple of tips. The first one is we have to increase our credit score. That's a crucial tip. And one way to do that is by using the extra debit card. It's the first card that actually builds your credit and uh, earns reward points on your everyday purchases. So how it works is that extra connects to your bank account, and there's no credit check or anything like that. And you can only manage and and spend what you actually have in the bank. And so it really helps to deliver better credit because they also report at the end of the month all of your on-time spending. And so that goes to the credit bureaus on your behalf. And according to a recent study, extra members have raised their credit score by an average of 48 points and have become twice as likely to get a credit card loan or an auto loan when they use the card as recommended, so go to the website to find out more. It's www.extra.app.
0: For uh, Forty-eight that. points is nothing to shake a stick at there, and uh, then you. No, it's not. Then you've also got a, a great way of of managing and keeping track of all your expenses.
2: Yeah, because you know I don't like paperwork. <laughs> like receipts are everywhere, invoices, documents. So whether you have to submit expenses to your boss. Or whether you're a home based business or a freelancer, or you just want to get better track of your finances so that when you turn over your data to your accountant, you're getting, it's much more accurate and much more seamless. And that's why I love the Epson Rapid Receipt RR 600W wireless scanner. I know that's a mouthful, but just go to our website, killerapps.com. We have uh, the, the links to the products and everything there. And it's the Epson Rapid Receipt. Now, what this does is it will take any size receipt or invoice or document, you put it onto the scanner, which is wireless, um, and then you hit scan. And then it goes through and it scans the data on the receipt and puts that information into the appropriate fields inside of your financial software. So if you use Excel wow. or Quicken or TurboTax, it automatically does it for you. Just re- It saves so much time for no data entry, no subscriptions. You just buy the product once. It's under 500 bucks and start scanning go to epson.com
0: to find out more man again we were just talking about uh tax season and how how much would that simplify things uh in terms of uh filing or, or even record keeping for your taxes all yeah. of that so yeah good stuff there. that yep <laughs> Again, uh, digital lifestyle expert Mario Armstrong with uh, some stuff that you will need uh, to give yourself a spring tech refresh. Once again, Mario, mention the website where we can get more information on all of this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, Killer App, and that's with an S-A-P-P-S, KillerApps.com. We got everything that we talked about there. Plus, it's a great site to keep up with all the latest tech.
0: We'll get a link up on our webpage as well. Mario, thanks very much. Thanks, my friend. Talk to you soon. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program, of course. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, as military leaders are asking themselves how a low level IT technician could access high level top secret documents and share them online, is there a lesson to be learned for businesses and organizations about the security of their own computer systems? So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.